Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, welcome to another episode of The New Hunter's Guide the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to be talking about mock scrapes, what they are, what they mean, how to set them up, and why they are basically uh, like cheat codes for deer hunting. Now, I had never heard of a mock scrape before, oh, a year or two ago. And, uh, but I had seen real scrapes. I knew what real scrapes were. I, I had witnessed that. I had known the value of that. Um, but in terms of doing anything about it in order to help you, I, I had never, that had never crossed my mind. And then once it became, once I understood a couple things that I wish somebody would have told me and I sort of had to come to myself. Um, it totally changed the way that I look at deer hunting and preseason and scouting and all those things. So let's just get right to it. Uh, a scrape for deer is usually it's some sort of overhanging branch or vine or something that is right about head level for a deer. And we could get into the science and the biology and all of that stuff, but the bottom line is... These things are right about head level, whether they're dangling or hanging or an overhang is usually often what I see or a broken branch leaning down or something. And deer like to lick that, they like to nibble it, they like to rub their head on it, and they like to paw the ground right under it. And sometimes even, um, you know, urinate in that scrape and then paw that. And what's basically going on here, and like I said, we're not going to get in all the details, but the deer are leaving scent on these scrapes. They're just at that perfect level. They're interesting. They're curious. The deer lick it and they leave scent. Deer have scent glands 
on the top of their head and on their forehead. And when they rub that with their head, they're leaving scent on that branch or twig or stick or vine or whatever that thing is. And then there's the pawing of the ground and they're leaving scent there. Um, some people have said that it's a way for deer to mark their territory. From what I've researched and, and, and looked into, it's not as much as they're trying to mark their territory as they are just trying to see what other deer are in the area. Because if a bunch of deer, you know, in a particular area all go to that same scrape and they all lick it and rub their heads on it and paw the ground there, uh, and they like the smell of that open ground, that's one of the reasons that they paw it, it that they're able to sort of take an inventory. It's a who's who of who's around. It's not a, this is mine and don't come here. It's a, hmm, I've been here and who else is around? So bucks really like them because they can get a sense for what other does or bucks are in the area. Are they in, a, in an active place? Uh, does and fawns, though, also use scrapes and mock scrapes. And they like it because for the same reasons, it's sort of curious. They're, they're able to to smell and what else is going on and they're interested in it and so they'll actually use scrapes all all throughout the year at different times and for different reasons um but you know you can usually tell it a scrape by the scraping this is why we call it that of the deer's paws underneath it it looks like there's just bare dirt there and you see a lot of, of, of tracks and footprints and often when you see that walking through the woods because you're always looking down if you look up, you'll see the thing that they've been licking or rubbing their heads on. Now, a scrape is not the same as a rub. Okay, a scrape is the deer scraping the ground, usually under a branch or a twig or, or some sort of thing that's overhanging there. A rub is when a buck takes its antlers and literally rubs them against a tree, often a sapling, um, and, and tears up usually the bark and even the flesh of that tree and that's for a number of reasons both perhaps to rub the velvet off their antlers to strengthen their necks for uh, fighting and you know to mark territory to show doe they've been there that's a whole different thing we're not talking about rubs rubs and scrapes are different rubs is probably another episode we'll do in the future but scrapes all deer use and all throughout the year it's not just a rut thing, it's, it's an all deer, all season long thing. So the way that you can leverage scrapes is when you see them in the woods and they're active and you can see the footprints there and you can see the sign, you can set up around that scrape because you know deer are coming through on a regular basis and they're using that. That's one of the, that, that's part of their regular habit and movement patterns. Often you'll see a, a, a bunch of deer will come through an area every day or every other day they're going to come through there and they're going to lick that and rub their head on it and smell it it just becomes part of their routine so you can set up a stand around there and you can try to hunt a scrape especially if it's on like a movement corridor where there's a lot of of action going on a, a well-used trail but you can also create scrapes and this is where this is what you can be doing right now in the preseason, in the summertime, and in the postseason is a great time to do it too. You can set up and create a scrape. Okay, so how do you do that and what's the benefit? Well, the benefit is you can essentially create a place that becomes a focal point for deer. 
a place that deer regularly come, regularly use, and, and you can use a, a mock scrape to define deer movement. So you can find an ideal place for a scrape that also has an ideal place for a stand, and then you can set up a scrape, you can set up a stand, or as we talked about in last week's episode, you could set up a trail cam on that scrape. So what you're doing is you're creating a focal point for movement and, and knowing where the deer are going to be and what they're going to be doing. And you can put the camera in the perfect location to get a census or an inventory of the deer that are around that property. So as if all the deer or a lot of the deer are going to use that scrape on a regular basis, you put a camera there over the course of a couple of weeks, you can pretty much see everybody that's around. So it's a powerful tool. Uh, but here's one of the things that people like to do. They think, oh, this is great. So they don't just set up a mock scrape. They set up 20 mock scrapes or 100 mock scrapes. And every scrape that you set up, you're diminishing the value of the other scrapes that you create. Because now there's just all these different places that deer go. So if you have one scrape, you've got 100% of the value of that scrape. If you have two in a close area, you've split that value now 50-50. If you've got four, it's 25, 25, 25, and 25. Because now you're creating four focal points. So the, 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 the value of a scrape is, is to create a, a specific point in an area that deer come to in that zone. Maybe if you've got 100 acres, there's a couple different areas on that property that would make sense to set up a scrape. But... Usually you want it in different movement areas for different part of a deer's, um, of their daily habit. So if, if a deer come through a certain place in the morning, you only want one scrape in that area. If they go through a different place in the evening, it may make sense to put a scrape in that area. But fewer is better when it comes to setting up mock scrapes. Also something to be aware of is how many natural scrapes are nearby because now you're splitting the, the, the benefit and the value of that. So um, something that I've done is when I'm setting up a mock scrape and a stand and a camera, I will go through and look for uh, lesser scrapes in the area and I will you know take those away. I'll take those down to focus the attention on the one I'm creating. But if you find a good scrape that's active, that's natural, by all means, set up there. You don't need to create another one. But the ability to create one wherever is a good position is a powerful hunting tool. Now, it's not a magic silver bullet, but it's a powerful tool. This is, the, this is one of the things that separates the people that get a deer every year from those who can go years at a time without seeing a deer. It's this planning and preparation in advance of the season. So what do you do? First things first, you need to find an ideal area. You want to find a place where deer are, where deer move. Uh, the best place is on a deer trail or right next to a deer trail. Some place the deer are going to travel regularly. So you want to find a place, you want to find some sign, you want to find um, where a trail would be. You may even need to cut a trail. Uh, but also something to keep in mind, sometimes deer go through an area that's very open. They don't have a defined trail. They're just sort of all over the place going through that area. Well, you can use a scrape to sort of tie that together and, and pull the deer together to, to create a more defined movement pattern and trail. 
So keep that in mind. Uh, so you want to find a place where there's an established trail or where there's little trails around or where deer should be moving to and from. Maybe it's between a bedding area and a food plot or, or you know, some, some trees that drop mast or fruit or whatever, um, a field. Maybe it's between a water source and a bedding area or a water source and a food plot. You don't want to just be random. You want to think, okay, where would the deer travel here? Why would deer be in this area? And then that's, that, that'll help you figure out where's the right place. So you want to find a level place that is on a trail or near a trail or in a movement area. And then what you want to do, there's a lot of different people that do a lot of different things and a lot of different approaches. People that use branches and cedar wood and all sorts of things. My favorite approach, and I think is the, the simplest and the easiest, is to find a vine and cut yourself a, a segment of vine. Pretty straight vine. You can use grapevine or anything other than poison ivy. <laughs> you just don't want to mess with that. But like when I'm in the woods, I'm looking around saying, okay, where are there vines around? Just in case I want to set up a mock scrape, I know where I can go. So what you want to do is you want to get a step ladder. You don't need a 10-foot ladder. You don't need an 8-foot ladder. I literally use a 3-foot or a 3-step step ladder. And that's all the higher you need to be. And you want to get up off the ground just a few extra feet. And you want to string a rope, a black rope or black cable between two trees. And then you're going to hang that branch from that rope in between the trees. In the middle of the trail or in the middle of the area uh, that you've sort of figured out. So all you're going to do, and I'll post some videos in the show notes um, to, you know, to show you guys exactly what this is, how to do it, what's going on, just so you can see it in action and even see some trail cam footage of it. But you want to you wanna find, find the area, find the trees on either side of the area, and then you string a rope. It could be 10 feet across, it could be 30 feet across, whatever it needs to be to, to hang in that ideal area. And then you want to tie, tie that, that licking branch, that vine, to that rope. Now, here's the idea. You're putting that rope a few feet above your reach. The idea is you don't want deer to look at it or see it. You want it to be just up, up, and above their regular you know, field of vision. You want to use a black rope so it blends in, doesn't stand out. Don't get a black rope with a bunch of neon colors sewn into it. Um, that, that could just cause you problems. Just get a regular black rope or something that looks natural in that area, run that, and then you're going to hang your vine from that rope. Now, what I found to be the easiest way to do it is get a knife at the end of the vine, just carve a couple little notches in it, and get some zip ties, and zip tie that vine around those notches to your rope that you've, that you've strung there. Just zip tie the vine to the rope, Use two or three zip ties to make sure that thing is, is stuck there good. And you want that vine, that licking branch, to hang somewhere between waist and belly high on you. Waist and belly high is about where you want it to be. Keep in mind, it might sag a little, um, depending on how long your rope is, how much tension you have on it. But you want to hang that thing somewhere between waist and belly height. And you may need to come back a couple weeks after it's been there, maybe making adjustments if it if it sags a little. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is if you cut a living vine, there's gonna be a lot of water in that, especially if it's been rainy. 
So as that vine hangs there after a few weeks, it'll tend to dry out, lose some weight, so it might even come up a little. Uh, I think what ends, ends up happening is the vine loses a little bit of weight and the rope ends up sagging a little bit more, so it really stays in right about the same place that you hung it. But that's the idea. You want the hang there right between waist and belt level on a movement or on an area where you think there's movement around. And then you can do some clearing. Uh, if you need to cut some trails or some ideal trails, I've had some success with that. You know, I've set up a scrape between a food plot and just terrible brush and just cut a path right through that brush so that deer can, can have an easy way through there, the path of least resistance. And that just takes them right to my mock scrape. And there they are. Boom. Just works just, just that simple. Then what you want to do is you want to take a rake and you want to scrape out all of the ground cover immediately under that hanging vine. Um, you want to maybe have a three foot circle and you want to scrape out all that you want bare dirt you want to scrape into that bare dirt you want them to be able to smell the minerals in the dirt and the smell of the dirt and then uh, the best way to get it started is literally the last thing you do before you leave is just pee in that dirt underneath the licking branch and that the, the the smell of that and all the different the pheromones and chemicals in that actually attracts deer. They're curious by it. Deer, contrary to popular belief, are not turned off uh, by the smell of pee. Every animal in the woods pees, and deer don't distinguish that much between one and another. Uh, in fact, often it'll act as an attractant. As long as they don't associate that with you, either, there's no issue there with hunting pressure or anything else. So that's the way you get it started. And then you set up a trail cam, probably, you know, whatever the best distance is to the best tree you can find, 20, 30 feet maybe from that branch, focused right there on the tip of the branch. And the deer are going to come through there. They're going to smell the dirt. They're going to smell the branch. They're going to lick the branch. They're going to rub their heads on the branch. They might rub their antlers on the branch. They're going to leave scent. They're going to come and smell the scent of other deer who have played with that branch. And it's going to become a regular part of their movement. Now, here's the brilliant thing. If you have a trail, even maybe you've got a trail that has a lot of deer movement on it. Deer use it all the time. What this will do, it gives them a reason to pause on that trail. So then you can set up your stand facing that mock scrape. And you know that deer's going to walk through there and they're going to pause for just a few seconds to smell, lick, or rub. And that's when you can get a good shot or a good look at the antlers, whatever you need to do. So you can use it to define deer movement. You can use it as, as a reason to get deer to stop in an area, as a focal point to put a camera to get good shots and good video to help you do some inventory on the deer in that property. And it is just a really useful and powerful tool. And it's fun. It's, it's fun to set these up and put up cameras there and, and work on easing that trail in either direction so deer can move there with you know, no resistance and just creating habitat improvements that, that define deer movement and that give you a good place to take pictures. And ideally, you set up a camera for a month or two and then based on the results of that camera, you can decide to set up a stand there or to make that a regular hunting area. This also works okay if you've already hung a stand 
and you're just trying to work on that area, it may be a great idea to go out and, and put a mock scrape right within you know ideal view of that stand that's already there just to, to help that hunting approach and work on that trail and, and put deer movement at the right place. You don't want deer walking right under your stand. It's hard to see them. You can't shoot them. The higher chance they can smell you or where you climbed up. You want to play the wind, play the trail, put them in the ideal location for you to get a good shot, have a good shooting lane, uh, but you also to have cover when they're walking to and from that scrape so that they don't just see you plain as day. So this is a powerful tool that you can use um, in order to help define deer movement, create a good place for hunting, a good place for a trail cam, and just overall be a little bit more conscious of you know, what's going, conscious, excuse me, of what's going on, what the deer are doing, how they think, how they operate. And these are the kind of things and the kind of tips that can really be game changers uh, for a new hunter and getting started and not, not being like me and going years without ever even being able to get a shot at a deer or taking a deer because you just sort of went out and bumbled into it and did whatever and had no thought or care or and none of these things ever entered into your mind. And literally, I mean, you're just talking a few dollars for some rope. Um, you know, basic tools. Just, it's cheap. It's inexpensive. It doesn't take a lot of time. In the video I'll post for you guys, I think it take, they, they, have an, they do it in eight minutes. It may take you a little longer if you're going to be cutting some trails and clearing some things and, and just doing some other stuff while you're out there. But I hope this is helpful. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com for the show notes, some more tips, videos about this episode so you can see what I'm talking about. And, um, you know, take a look at all the other episodes that we've got in the past and are coming out. Until next time, God bless you guys and go get them in the woods. <laughs>